I have decided to do something a little risky for me. I'm going to be project hopping. And I don't like doing it, but I have so many ideas in my head that I feel that I have no choice left. That all I can do, if I'm going to be productive at all, is to move back and forth between my sci-fi, my fantasy, and my urban fantasy. And to find ways to tell all the stories all the time. But I have a strategy of sorts for Project Hop. And I would like to talk to you about that today on this episode of Project Shadow. Tell you Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, And yeah, I am going to be project hopping. I'm not happy about it. I'm really not happy about it. I'm one of those people that likes to laser focus in and to spend all of my time and energy on getting one thing done. But I don't think my life wants me to do that. I don't think my life will allow that right now. And that's for a lot of reasons. One, because with the podcast and with the YouTube channel, that's already kind of a form of project hopping for me, that it's a different mind space to get into for doing a YouTube video than it is for doing an episode of the podcast. And it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. I'm I'm coping well. I'm, I'm getting things done. My allergies are acting up, which is making it ever so wonderfully tricky to keep my voice working. And of course, my face has decided to have a little breakout before I do the worldwide write-a-thon this weekend. So, yay. But uh, having said that, it's, it's kind of prepared me for where I am. And so, I'm looking at my sci-fi projects. I'm looking at my urban fantasy projects, and I'm looking at my just straight on fantasy project and thinking to myself, wouldn't it be lovely to just be able to flow wherever the words are, to flow to wherever the inspiration is, and just to get things built, to get things done, to get things out. And usually I fight that instinct. Usually I tell myself, no, no, You can't do that. You are not allowed to do that. You have to pick a subject and stick with it. But in a lot of ways, this is my year of yes. And so I am going to allow myself to have a bit more of the freedom. Now, it's not going to be as tricky as it could be in these early steps because, well, a lot of it is just migrating the business over to World Anvil. So I'm not going to be writing a lot of original work in all of these. I'm going to be kind of collecting and editing and posting a lot of work that I have done throughout the years on these places. And we'll see what it looks like in the end. We'll see how this project works and we'll see how it goes forward. I had a pretty good conversation yesterday with Heather and Joan about this. And 
I kind of realized that I'm moving more over to a web fiction model that will, of course, have ebooks and print books and stuff. And hopefully, if I can figure out how to fit it into my schedule, audiobooks. But we'll see about that. <laughs> I really want there to be audiobooks. It's just uh, the schedule. The schedule, it tightens. It tightens so much. But yeah. So I need to get all these out, but I have a plan. I do. I do have a plan and I think the plan will save me. I think the plan will make this doable, but I, I, as always, if you don't know me by now, I live in fear. I live in fear of what it's going to look like when I try to do things because you know, some people say, you know, expect the worst to, you know, prepare for the worst and expect the best or hope for the best. I just prepare for the worst and then I'm pleasantly surprised when it doesn't happen. And I am kind of living in that perpetual fear bubble right now that this is not going to work, but it will. It will in one in one shape or another. So here is my overly simplistic plan that probably won't work, but sounds good on paper, and we will see how well it survives its impact with the real world. So everything's not out of Kindle Unlimited yet, because I don't understand. I guess when I thought I clicked the undo, it didn't undo. You know, when you say don't re up it and I don't know but so I have to wait till the end of the month before I can um, publish anything over there but what I can do is start formatting and getting everything ready to go out over there because I, I need to do that anyway and I can use that opportunity to start making the additional articles and you know, the world building that needs to go up over there. So, yeah, I'm not entirely sure how thrilled I am about the idea of doing this, but it is something that needs to be done. And while I'm at it, I might actually try to finish some of the unfinished stories that I have. I might look at and putting out some samples of some of the unfinished stories just to see if people are interested in them continuing, because that really is the problem. I have so many books in the hopper. If you watch my AMA video over on YouTube, I have about 30 books that are in some stage of development. And that's actually a fairly conservative estimate. There are some things that I just didn't count and some false starts that I didn't count. And, but somewhere around 30. And there are some of the stories that I would kind of like to continue if I can get the oomph to do it. And I'm wondering if taking the time to put material up will help me to get that oomph, to get over that barrier to the other side so that I can do the things that I'm wanting to do. I don't know. It feels like a possible opportunity to get the momentum that I'm needing. And it's not that I'm lacking momentum. I got a lot done last month. I 
have been kind of willfully taking it easy this month in the amount of work that I'm doing because I don't want to burn out. But with everything kind of coming together in one fell swoop, my beautiful lack of planning for the worldwide writing, the worldwide write-a-thon this weekend. <sighs> yeah, I, I just don't know what it is exactly that I'm going to be doing. Because it all kind of came together in one giant bucket. And I knew that I was going to be a part of the worldwide write-a-thon. But I didn't prepare, which has kind of been the bane of my existence all these years, is my lack of preparation. And so that's kind of what this week has been about, and is really trying to figure out what I want the future of my work to look like, what I want the world to look like, what I want the stories to look like, what I want everything to look like. And then taking that one step further and building it into something special, building it into something that matters to me. Now, having said that, <laughs> we'll see what that looks like in the end, especially since I am trying to collect and coalesce and bring together a bunch of stuff from the before time and have it come out in the now. Because that really is the problem that I'm having right now. I'm sorry for the big pause there, but I'm going to leave it in because it, it, it really is the problem that I'm having because with everything that I did in the before time, I'm not upset by those works. I'm not offended by those works and I'm not, I, I don't regret them or, and I'm not ashamed of them, but they're very definitely from the before time. And so I've, I, I've developed this strange relationship with them over the years that I don't exactly know what to do with. For those of you that are new to my work, when I refer to the before time, I'm referring to the time before I realized who I am. See, I've lived my life fairly boldly throughout the years, and really thought I had a grasp on who I was and that I was just this kind of depressed queer monster that roamed about and did things. And it was just a couple of years ago that I realized that I was non-binary and that was kind of a watershed moment in my life. It put a lot of my work and a lot of the things that I've done over the years into sharp contrast. It helped me to understand who and what I am and why I have done some of the things that I have done over the years. All right. So having said that, when I look at my work from the before time, I see things in it that other people don't. And this is, this is something that I think a lot of writers need to come to terms with, but especially me right now, because I, I, it has caused me to have this strange relationship with my work from the before time. So I look at Shine, and I like Shine, like Thunder. It's it's a good book. I understand why people really liked it. I still really like it. But Izumi just disappears. She just disappears. She just fades into the background. There she goes. And why does she do that? 
because I have always had an awkward relationship with my feminine side, with the feminine aspects of me. And I see that in that book. I see that in the way that Izumi is treated. I see that in the way that Izumi's story just kind of disappears. (laughs) She just kind of, she's gone. And it hurts me to see that. I look at books like The Chain now, and what was meant to be my book of liberation, I, I see it now as this book about the haunting internalized misogyny that's trying to put me into a bucket and keep me from discovering who I am, fighting against everything that I will become. Yeah. That's kind of a thing now, isn't it? And I understand how people who don't understand my life aren't seeing those things. People who have different life experiences will see different things in those works. But now I can't help but see those things in my own work. And I don't know how to feel about it. I really don't know how to feel about it because in some ways they are an artifact of who I have always been. But at the same time, I don't like some of the things that I see in them. And so the question is, and has been for a while, do I leave them as they are, or do I go back and retouch them? For for books like Shine Like Thunder and The Chain, which I would like to actually write out into full series, I don't think it would be that bad of an idea to go back and do an, another edit pass where I can add text and modify the text to bring it one more in line with my current writing style, which I think has developed and grown over the years and gotten a bit better. But also I can address some of the issues that I see in those books. Like I could actually give Izumi a plot in Shine if I went back and did something with it. That would be amazing. It would make me feel a lot less awkward talking about that book, which has only one female character and she just fades out. (laughs) She fades out and she fades back and we're done. So as I'm dealing with my relationship with the before time, as I'm sitting here in this reboot of my career, I find myself wanting to just hit a cosmic reset button on everything. And I know I can't do that. I have 13 years of my voice on record saying things out into the universe, some of which I still believe and some of which I don't anymore. And while I haven't edited down my back catalog because of the various migrations, a lot of it's not up anymore. So that's probably not a bad thing. The question is, How do we go forward? So the question is, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Because I see a lot of writers right now kind of going through their confessions and talking about decisions that they've made that they regret or that they've decided to go back on. Lizelle Sanberry did that wonderful video about when she did a problematic book. 
We have Brooke Passmore talking about why she's no longer working on one of her books because she realized its problematic nature. I don't... I personally don't feel that my earlier works are problematic in that way. But they are problematic to me. I think if you're a trans person reading any of my books, you will see things in them that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. It's like having a decoder ring. It's kind of like hearing the Wachowski sisters now talking about the Matrix and re-watching the Matrix and seeing it through those eyes because I always felt a special connection to, to it because I understood it on that level even before I had words to understand why I was seeing it as kind of a trans narrative in and of itself. And so I think I need to be more honest in my work. And that's something that I've been trying to do with my current work in progress. But with my older stuff, I just don't know what to do with it. I have nine books out. Nine books! It's not like I only have one or two. I have a history. I have all of this baggage that I'm carrying with me. And part of me wants to do what Courtney did with Lyra Parrish and just pull it all down, redo everything, and relaunch everything. And I might. I might do that. There's a big part of me that's terrified by the idea of doing that. And I don't know that I need to do that. I don't want to spend all that time on the past. I want to be working towards something. I want to be working towards the future. And so that's really the question that I have to ask. That is really the question that I need to go for. Who am I as a writer? Who am I as a creative? And that's the question that all of us should be asking, no matter what we do in our daily lives, no matter what our end goal is. Because in the end of the day, I'm not embarrassed by any of the work I've done. I I wish I had done better. I wish I had made some better decisions, and I think we all do. But I'm not embarrassed by it. It's what got me to where I am. And the question is, how to carry it forward? Are my sci-fi books still relevant to the science fiction that I'm going to be writing? Should they still be out? Should they still be in print? Should they be something that I push forward with? That's really the question now, isn't it? It's, it's a difficult question. Because in some ways, I love them and I want to carry them forward with me. But in other ways, I feel like they would need a lot of work to do that. And any work that I spend, any time that I spend on them, I don't spend on making things new. This is what happens when we get ourselves into a project of recreation, when you realize something about yourself that necessitates this fundamental change about everything in your life, where you have to change, fix, break up, make new. It makes you look at everything and ask, what, what now? What with this? 
Should this be something new or should it stay what it is? Where am I going and what do I want in my future? Some people divorce themselves entirely from the past while other people struggle to keep some semblance of that legacy with them. And it's a personal choice. I can't give you a right answer or a wrong answer, but I think a lot of us right now are asking those questions because, well, we have time to ponder them. I apologize for being a bit wistful this week, but I've had a lot to think about. You know, once you realize that you've been doing something for 13 years, and that's like a big chunk of my life, it it makes you just, not just, I don't know what the word is, because it's not nostalgic, but it's making me kind of reconsider everything, which I was doing already. So it just kind of doubled down on all of the reconsiderations in a way that probably isn't for the best because I'm one of those people that can easily get locked in their own mind and paralyzed by options and choices and all that. But I know this. We can never have progress if we don't look back at what came before. We can never move forward unless we have a sense of our history and who we were, what we were, and learn from it, learn our mistakes, and push forward. I have always resisted doing web fiction. I have always resisted, I guess, joining the kids because I've always felt like the old one on the internet. Even when I was younger, I felt like that. Even when I was a kid, I felt like that. I have been an old soul my entire life where I've thought more than I played. I imagined and considered more than I just let myself go. I never allowed myself to have the freedom that I see a lot of the younger people have with their work. And there's been a part of me that's always envied them for that. But this is my year of yes. This is the year where I'm just going to try things and see what happens and let myself experience life in as many shades as I possibly can, which I must say is a bit harder when you're locked down. You know, when I originally decided that that's what I was going to be doing this year, you know, we had plans for travel and conventions and stuff, but of course that's not happening. So, as always happens with me, all of that got turned inside. And when I realized that I'm sitting here on 13 years of podcasts and remembering all the fun that I had with The Confessed and playing in the dollhouse and Gods and Kings and all of the other podcasts that I used to do back in the day. And I think about all the stories that I used to write and how much fun I used to have doing them. And I realized every time I brought any of these things into my mind, it always had the word used to. Used to. 
I used to enjoy. I used to have fun. I used to do this. I used to do that. Because over the years, I pared things down in my attempts to be an adult, in my attempts to be mature, in my attempts to be more businesslike. You see, giving stories away for free is kind of how I started all the way back at the beginning. And I stopped doing it because, you know, if you're going to run a proper business, then you got to make that money. Money, money, money. But yeah, no. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 I like the idea of making money, and I feel like I need to say that every time because I, I do have a lot of the hippie in me. But I do want to have a community. That matters more to me than anything else. And as I'm working on figuring out all the little details and coming over the little foibles, I'm sharing them. And I think that's what you all missed in me not doing this daily. And what I missed about not doing this daily is sharing all those little thoughts and foibles inside my head. Because saying them out loud made me feel less alone. And I wonder sometimes if hearing them didn't do the same for you. Because it's terrifying trying to run a creative business. It's terrifying trying to put my stories out into the world and find the best way to do it. But if I share my terror, if I share my fears, then you all know that you are not alone. In the end, life will be whatever it is. And I have learned that the hard way, the easy way, and uh, various other ways in between. Life will be what life decides to be. If everything's going to run smoothly, everything's going to run smoothly. If the gremlins are going to come and make everything go crazy, then everything's going to go crazy. The best that we can do is have a plan to have goals, to have something in mind that we want to reach for, to have everything laid out in a way that we want to move forward with. So that if we trip and if we fall, if we stumble, if we run faster than we ever thought that we could run, we don't lose ourselves in the race. It's way too easy to get lost in the process. I am writing books. I am publishing books. I am recording podcasts. I am putting out podcasts. It's very easy. It's so easy to get lost in just the performative act of doing it. And that's why it's important for us to take these moments, these Fiction Fridays, to just sit back and talk about it and let ourselves wonder what it is that we could, should, and are doing. Because in the end, we're not going to be perfect. Perfection is the enemy of all art. Perfection is the enemy of all life. Perfection cannot grow. Perfection cannot change. Anytime you find yourself obsessing about perfection, you're obsessing about stagnation. Because Once something is perfect, any change 
degrades it. Any change makes it less. There is not a, a superlative beyond perfect. Perfect simply is. And while, yes, like so many of you, I want to strive towards perfection, I know that I will never reach it because it is a final state. And I don't think I'll ever be finished. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Today was one of those kind of thoughtful episodes, and I've done quite a few of those this week, and I apologize for that. Or I don't. I really don't. I say that I apologize because I feel like nobody cares, but I look at the stats, and these are the ones that you all listen to. So, uh, what do I know? And that's what I'm talking about, about perfection. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear me address on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean. I think they cut you off at one minute. I would love to hear from you on the show and actually answer your questions. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I'm C. Dorset pretty much everywhere, but mainly on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is the place I'm most active lately. If you'd like to find links to all that and everything that I do, just go over to projectshadow.com and you can find all that. If you would like to join the ranks of my patrons, the few, the proud, the, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful for you. You have no idea what a light in the darkness you are. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to my Patreon, to my coffee account for one-time donations and for listener support. Whichever one floats your boat. It really does mean a lot to me when anybody helps us out because this is not an easy thing to do. And so that's why I've been thanking Lauren and Eva all week this week because it really does mean the world to me that anyone actually cares enough about what I'm doing to be of support. I will say that part of the plan that I am executing right now will have a lot more patrons only content going up on world anvil. So there's that. I finally figured out how the secrets system works. So even the public articles will have stuff in them that only patrons can read. I'm very excited about that. Alrighty. If you don't think, thank you again for everybody who does that. It, it really does mean the world to me. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, don't worry about it. Done in the show. Just, 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 just think about sharing anything that I do that helps out more than you could ever possibly know. As always, and until we finish fixing this country, I feel that it would be remiss of me not to remind you that Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, say her name. We haven't forgotten all of the black women that have been murdered by the police in this country. Until Monday, I hope you get all your words written. I hope that you find a way for all of your dreams to be written into this world. And most of all, that you have the fun. Bye.